0: first rule of fight club is you do not talk about fight club are you ready ready you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth you get nothing you lose this is sparta you became a mother <laughs> Welcome along to the very first ever episode of The B-List, the podcast where each week we discuss everything concerning movies. I'm your host, Sean Pearcy, and guess what? We're on social media. Like our Facebook page, The B-List with Sean Pearcy, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore this week we look at the B-grade jewel of our generation, The Room. We also put a spotlight on B-grade action films and look at what makes them so awesome. And of course, finally, I'll be offering up my pick for the week of a film that I think everyone needs to see at least once in their lifetime. We've got tons of stuff to cover in this episode, so let's jump straight into it. This is the b list What 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 b grade breakdown So the B-grade breakdown for this week, I had a look at The Room which is a 2003 film brought to us by the uh, creative genius of Tommy Wiseau. This particular gentleman was the director, the writer, the producer and indeed the main star of this movie. And the reason I watched this film was because it was it's been recommended to me by a few people because of it, it it's just so bad. It's one of those movies that really epitomizes the B-grade mantra That is so bad, it's good. This movie is a joy to watch. It's hugely entertaining and it's hilarious. The problem is, of course, it's not really meant to be any of those things. Going into this, I didn't know a lot about this movie, just apart from maybe the year it was and the reputations I'd heard about it. So the first thing I saw, I went on IMDb, the website, And I had a look at the poster for the film. Now, that already was not a good start. Tommy Wiseau is an individual. He might be a lovely guy. But when I saw his face on this poster, the first thing I thought of was, uh, from the 300 film, the first one, the good one with Gerard Butler, you may remember that there was a character there with a hunchback and a few uh, physical deformities. He he didn't have a lot going for him in that sense, I guess you could say. And this guy, Tommy Wiseau... His face reminded me of that, of that hunchback. It, it's the kind of face that looks like a five-year-old has taken uh, a, a bunch of Play-Doh or has kneaded some dough with their hands just into a mess some kind of mass and then his added eyes and that right there is Tommy Wiseau's face. Now in this film as well, not to really rip on the dude personally but I I feel I have to mention this, he takes his shirt off a few times in the movie and his body reminded me a little bit of that same hunchback character from 300. He's quite an old guy, he's almost 50, yet he's meant to be starring in this film as this young, successful banker character and you don't buy it because he's this almost 50 year old guy with skin that's not sure if he's young, if he's old, if he's in shape because he's kind of got muscles but his skin's pulled so tight over it that it looks a bit cancerous you're not quite sure what's happening so the first thing I got just from looking at images of this movie was just creepy you are me apart, Lisa! now from the from the first opening shots the transitions of, of this movie makes it look like it's a 90s home film now I'm a 90s child myself I've looked at my old home movies and my parents with the cheap little camcorder that they had when I was about three I feel did more artistically than Tommy Wiseau did in this film just from the opening shots. And that's solidified as the film goes on. Pretty much the the basic plot of this movie is that there is no plot. You've got Tommy Wiseau who plays the main character, the lead, Johnny. And the whole point of this movie is that Johnny uh, has a girlfriend or his future wife, as he continues to refer to her as, uh, or fiance, but as he he likes to say, future wife, Lisa. And uh, so he's in a relationship with Lisa. The whole plot pretty much revolves around Lisa cheating on him and then the way that Johnny deals with that. And then there's a bunch of other characters that are literally thrown in there. They don't do anything. They don't really do a lot. I think it's called The Room because most of the action takes place in Johnny and Lisa's apartment and this apartment is kind of like a hub for all these characters to come and go. But they don't really do anything. Uh, There's one character, uh, Danny, who gets caught up in this random ass drug bust ring where he sort of owes this guy money he's suddenly on the rooftop uh, in this little garden area and all of a sudden there's a guy there with a gun and the worst part of this scene is that there's a close up on the gun uh, and the shot is from the ground up and you can see the underside of the gun and you can see the line, the crack in the gun where the two parts of the plastic come together. It's clearly a plastic weapon. I was able to pause this movie and have a look at it and it's awful I I just feel if you've got a fake gun... Why on earth would you have a close-up shot that literally identifies exactly how fake uh, this weapon is? Anyway, that that was just in that particular scene that had me scratching my head and wondering what was going on. This film did actually win an award I saw on the IMD pa- IMDb page uh, as well, rather. The New York International Independent Film and Video Festival Audience Award for the Best Feature Film of 2004. I want to see the other films in that category. This movie was awful. Anyway, the conversations are ridiculously paced, there's no pacing in this film, scenes are rushed through, characters don't speak in a realistic manner, their interactions are completely robotic, again it makes for a hilarious time, but an awful, awful thing to watch if you're looking for a really uh, well constructed and well developed film. Uh, The landscapes that you see in the background look completely fake. Sometimes you can't actually tell if they're just such poor green screens or if they're actually paintings. I can't tell sometimes. Literally, the distinction isn't there for me. Now, one of the things I found hilarious in this was that there's a few scenes where characters like to get a little freaky-deaky. Suddenly they're getting their freak-on with each other, and that's... Fine, I suppose. Apart from when the scenes take seven minutes. I want to give a second chance. After all, she's my future wife. The other thing with the audio in this film is just, just... The is shocking. Everything is dubbed. I feel like the camera that they were using had no good microphone on it, so they had to overdub every single piece of dialogue, which would be fine if they did it well, I suppose, but it's done awfully, and the worst part of it is the effects that they use in this film are terrible. There is a lot of reverb, so every conversation plays out a little something like this. I did not hit her. I did, I did not. not. Oh... If you just want to be entertained and laugh. I laughed a lot during this movie. I was rolling my eyes. I had to cover my mouth sometimes just in disbelief at some of the stuff that I was seeing. I couldn't believe I was witnessing some things. Oh, but it is a great time. It is an absolute B-grade classic. And that has been B-grade breakdown for this week. This week's Spotlight. So seeing as we're looking at all things B-grade in uh, the B-list, I decided this week to spotlight B-grade action films because action films, to be honest, even when they're done in a big uh, Hollywood format with lots of Hollywood stars and Hollywood action and big budgets, I'm mainly thinking Michael Bay at this stage, you can still consider them to be pretty B-grade, pretty average, pretty lacking, I guess, in plot development, story, uh, characters, all of those things. So what makes a good B-grade action film? Well, I think it does come back to what makes a good B-grade film, and that is it recognizing what it is. And that's a film recognizing that it's not top shelf material, that it is in fact going for that niche market of people who are just looking for a way to kill two hours in an an entertaining fashion. I think that's what it comes down to. And for B-grade action, it's no different. It's when films recognize what they are. It's, It's those super campy, just good time romps with a couple of big roided up actors and that's a very loose term there for a lot of these action films. Actors. And they're just going around. Usually you can tell it's a good B-grade action film based on being able to wrap up the entire plot in one sentence. Now you can sometimes have intelligent B-grade films as well. Now, films which fall into this category are the likes of Starship Troopers from 1997. A fantastic film, very campy, but also some very sharp satire, looking at the way that Americans view war, view the military, and view public obligation and attitudes towards the military, the marines, the army. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. You don't do your job, I'll shoot you. The satire is very sharp, it's a very intelligent movie. It still knows what it is, because it's still hilarious. It's still got some very dark humour in there. And you'll definitely find yourself smiling throughout the movie, but you'll also enjoy it because it's got a little extra bite. Short slick pick for a sec, pick for a sec, flick. short slick, slick pick for a sec, flick. Sean's for a sec, flick. 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 flick, for a sec, Sean flick. Sean's sl- like, for a sec, flick. 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 Sean's slick pick for a sick flick. So to continue on with the style of our B-grade actions, this week's slick pick is of course Commando, the 1985 classic starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by Mark Lester. Now, this is a fantastic movie. It's a perfect example of a B-grade action, but it's also one of those ones that's... well, I guess I can't really say it's intelligent. It's not overly intelligent, but it is intelligent in the sense of how it uses Arnie, how it uses its main star. He's totally on form here, in the best shape of his life, grabbing guns left, right, and center, grabbing garden utensils and using them as weaponry as well. Have some beers in Valverde Matrix. It'll give everyone a little more time with your daughter. You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you, you did! I lied. It's a fantastic movie, and the reason why it is this week's sick flick is because I believe everyone at some stage in their life should see Commando. Whether you like it or whether you don't, it's an experience that I think you're gonna be able to appreciate at the end, even if maybe you don't, at the time of watching. So that concludes episode one of The B-List. Thanks very much for listening in, guys, and don't forget to tune in for next week's episode where we cover even more stuff to do with B-grade magic. Now, again, don't forget to like us and follow us on social media at B underscore list for Twitter and Instagram or our Facebook page, The B-List with Sean Piercey. Thanks very much, guys. That's The B-List for this week. We'll catch you next time.